What's up, everybody? My name is Lee. Some of you guys might know me as Intuition, and you are tuned in to Kinda Neat. Thank you for tuning in, as always. First things first, this is where I advertise to the people that are listening, and you can fast forward if you want to, but don't be a dick. Just get off your butt and go to patreon.com slash kinda neat to pledge $1 per episode because it helps us keep the lights on. As you know, YouTube hates to pay their creators. And uh, Patreon, <laughs> Patreon, it helps and it likes to pay their creators. So go to patreon.com slash kind of neat, pledge $1 per episode. That would be $4 a month max, but it's usually about two. Okay, guys, I don't really have a lot to talk about this week. My mom's visiting. How about that? My mom is down from Alaska again. And unfortunately, I don't think I'm going to have time for a mom episode. Maybe I will. It depends on Ben's schedule. Like, he and I are very busy and the studio is very busy and it's become much more difficult to like book episodes lately, which is good though. And you know, if you want to get something done, give it to somebody that's busy. That's, that's a common idiom, I think. But yeah, I know I owe you guys another episode with my mom because the last one we never put out because it's just basically an hour of me like blubbering and sobbing and crying last year. So we decided not to put it out because we thought it was tacky, but I will get back into the episodes with my mom eventually because those are some of my favorites. And from the responses that I've heard from people out there, those are some of you guys' favorite as well. What else? Yeah. So she's down here and she hasn't seen my dad since uh, Christmas. Hold on. Kennedy's about to pull out a cord. (laughs) Kennedy almost just pulled out the the cord that the power supplies are for the mics are in, which would have been disastrous. But uh, yeah, she's in the house being adorable as always. So yeah, my mom's down for the first time since Christmas seeing my dad. And as I told you guys previously, uh, Barry is on a little bit of a decline. And so it's her first time seeing that. So she's processing all the stuff that she's seeing that I see every week where it's like, oh, he sleeps a lot more and oh, he's a lot slower and it's like hard to keep him on track. And it's like, yeah, you know, but uh, it's pretty interesting. Like the his doctor told us that he's like, he's like beat the odds, you know, like, oh, he got he got diagnosed 10 years ago. Like, wow, most people at eight and then that, that's pretty much it. And it's like, those are like some pretty shitty odds to beat. But I guess like he's living longer than most people that get diagnosed with Alzheimer's are living, which is, <laughs> I guess, bittersweet at best. But yeah, so she's coming down for Easter and all that stuff. And we're going to cook. And that's pretty much like, I don't know, that's it. Pretty boring stuff. I went to Utah last weekend. I had like a meeting out there, but then I was trying to go out early because I haven't gotten to really get any good snowboarding days in. And it looked like most of the country was going to get dumped on. You know, Mammoth was getting dumped on and Tahoe got dumped on. And then it looked like Utah was going to catch some snow and then it didn't. So we were there from Friday until Monday. And I have this um, I have this homie that works for a company that I work with that used to be a pro snowboarder. And so he was going to take me out. And I was like, oh, dope. I have like a pro snowboarding guide and all this shit. And then we get to Utah and it basically just looks like spring. There's like no snow anywhere. It's fucking crazy. And then finally on like Sunday evening, it started snowing a tiny bit, but it was just too little too late and I didn't get to go up. So we just spent a weekend at a hotel doing nothing, just basically working. So fun times. Other than that, I don't know. I I can't think of anything that's really going on. You know, sometimes these intros, I have a lot to talk about. Other times I don't have that much to talk about and that shit just is what it is. But I did have an interesting conversation today with our new pal, Hannah. Now, 
If you guys pay attention to my world, whether that be through like Twitter or the content that I make on Skull Candy, if you guys don't know, I do a lot of content on Skull Candy's website. You guys can go look at photographs and articles with some of the people that we had on the show. One of the future power players of the music industry in America is our friend Doris, and Doris manages Kuko. Obviously, Kuko has become like his video has just become synonymous with kind of neat. He's the top three, but very soon it'll be in the top two. Just a hugely popular video, and he's becoming more and more popular by the hour. And so, um, Doris, you know, hit me up and was just like, Oh, I want to show you this other artist that I'm working with, and her name's Hannah. And Hannah doesn't really have a lot of her own songs out yet, but she has a ton of covers out. And I'm not usually one for like, oh, I'm going to follow this person that does covers and da, da 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 but Doris sent me some of her original songs and I went, holy fuck. Like my jaw just dropped to the floor. Her voice is so pure and so powerful. That said, I didn't know anything about her when she pulled up because it's not like somebody that you could really Google search and find a lot of information about. What I'm telling you guys is that we got the drop. We got the exclusive. We got the first interview of this woman that's going to be a star for sure named Hana, <laughs> H-U-N-N-A-H, which I don't know why I'm spelling it. If you're fucking reading the description, you already know that. But yeah, basically, I just kind of told Doris, I'm like, look, after the success of the Kuko shit and like just knowing your ear and knowing your level of talent as a manager in A&R, like, man, you got the drop on whatever. Just send me shit and I just trust you, you know? So it was kind of like sight unseen. I just was like, yeah, we got to do an episode with this. And, and man, what a joy. I think this is one of the just most most free-flowing, like didn't have to try at all interviews ever, or like not ever, but in recent memory. We just had a lot to talk about, and then she got on the microphone and started performing, and like I got the, I don't know about you guys, but when I hear like really real talent, I get these kind of like telltale signs, like the hair stands up on the back of my neck and my eyes start watering like for no like I don't know how to explain it but like yeah I almost started crying as she started singing not because it's a sad song but just because like talent moves me like that you know what I mean like I just start hearing her singing I'm like my like I start smiling so big and my eyes got all watery and it's like it was a real moment so I don't know if that's going to translate um to like the views or anything but I can tell you this like you're going to hear more about Hana. Hana is a real fucking talent. And I'm like super stoked that Doris trusts us enough to, to just kind of like let us introduce her artists to the world this way, because man, we, we got lucky and we got the jump on this one and, and you know, she's just, she's just really fucking talented and she has a cool story too. Ethiopian first generation Canadian. Her parents are Ethiopian immigrants and they have quite the story. And then, yeah, you guys will hear it. You guys will hear it. And then you should go watch the video because you guys should hear that too because, um, man, she can sing. All right, guys. I'm not going to like sit here and bullshit forever. That's enough. I've already bullshitted enough. So without further ado, here is my conversation with Hana. So you're from Canada. Yes, I'm from Canada. I was born in Canada. What part of Canada? The East Coast or the West Coast? I was born in Toronto. In Toronto? Yeah. Okay, yeah. We just had another Toronto artist on here Mm -hmm. recently. Allie. Do you know her? I watched. Oh. Well, I watched her 
Hey, she's so dope. Yeah, cool, she's cool, cool as fuck. I'm like super unplugged, which is an issue from like music. I went to school like in a city, the capital, it's Ottawa. Yeah. Um, for four years, and then I just moved back um, after I graduated, like 2016. So I was just like, people always ask me like, "What's happening in Toronto scene?" I'm like, "Oh, I'm very like." Right. A little bit unplugged from it, but definitely so many cool things coming out of there for sure. I mean, it was very adorable off mic before we started. You asked if I knew what Sears was because you thought that it was a Canadian company. I, okay. (laughs) I don't claim to be an expert in department stores. That is not my calling card. But, so you are plugged into some Canadian stuff, but you know, it's just Sears. All I knew was I was like, Sears is closing. Yeah. You know why? You could, this, is, this is what like companies, American companies do when they come to Canada. So they just put like a, a little maple leaf on their logo. Oh. So they make it like Canadian. So they're like, is it the Canadian version or just a Canadian company? Right, right. Oh, That's, I went to Australia and they, they have like Burger Kings everywhere, but they're called Hungry Jacks there. And so it's yeah. the same logo and it just looks mad weird. I'm like, what the fuck is Hungry Jack? It's because of like some copyright claim or something. I'm sure. Uh, by yeah. McDonald's to try to try to prevent them from opening, but they just changed the name. Wow, look at you with the rare facts, facts. right? Damn. I don't know where it's Fucking Hunter ruins <laughs> everything Buzzfeed. over here and shit. Busted video. Yo, I was literally watching Adam Ruins Everything like just before this. Like, I this love morning. that show. Yeah. I'm that type of person where I like to have like the contrarian facts that uh-huh. I can pull people's card with. I'm like, oh. Actually. Yeah, I'm yeah, like, oh, you person. believe that? Well, <laughs> <laughs> let me tell you that counterintuitively, this is the actual thing. Yeah. Yeah, I love that show. So how did your folks end up in Toronto? So, um, my dad came over in the eighties. He, it's like a super, I would, I think a lot of immigrant stories are like this yeah. kind of like super complex and I'm down. I lo- crazy. I, I love long, crazy, complex stories. So okay. feel free to flex me, on let me, it. Let me uh, try to get this history correct. Okay. Cause you know, Ethiopian parents will just go on and on about this. And then are sometimes, Ethiopian sometimes parents you start to listen to this. You think? Nah. Okay. So, 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 so hey, they make up some shit too. <laughs> Like, you know, you just kind of put it in the background. You're like, mm-hmm. yeah, okay, okay, yeah, mm-hmm. we get it. Yes, everything was, t- like, terrible, but it really was. But So he um, was born in the countryside, like, kind of deep in the countryside, just like his families are, like, all farmers. Mm-hmm. And he didn't go to school until he was, like, 21. He went to, like, literally grade one when he was 21. He just got out of the village. No way. Because um, he went to preschool. He ran away from preschool, like, from seminary. And then eventually ended up in school, went to school. Made his way through and, like, went to university, whatever, started working for the government. He had a pretty high up position in the government. And then um, in the 80s, there was, like, basically a military, like, derg overthrew the government, mm-hmm. um, the monarchy that was in power. And so at that time, it was, like, kind of like a communist regime. But uh, so they were was, just killing a lot of people. So there was like the mad terror. civil wars and shit. Oh, was it kind of like a genocide situation or was it a civil uh, war? Type? It was like they were killing. It was like a, a revolution type oh, thing. Wow. So they were killing like anybody who's like young, educated. Oh, wow. Um, anybody who's higher up in the military government. Uh-huh. So my dad was working for the agriculture department at the time. And like he was for the most part chilling because he was OK. But they were still like there was just a lot of like crazy stuff happening in the country at that time but he ended up having to flee a lot of people were trying to flee the country so he ended up um leaving because this is the story he tells yeah this is i'll preface it with that so he says that he was like in charge of some large food stores and they'd have kind of like i don't know how to say this he he, the way he would say it is like peasants but like just like people working the the Mm -hmm. land Mm -hmm. and they were their families were starving because they couldn't take Mm -hmm. from the food stores or whatever Mm -hmm. so he basically said, like, this family came in 
and put their like starving children on the t- on his desk and were like, we need food. Like you could take these children because they're going to die in our care or whatever. So mm-hmm. he was like, damn. So he gave them food stores mm-hmm. and he knew he was going to be found out essentially. So he called a car immediately from his office and, and flew, like fled, went to try to go to the border mm-hmm. and get out. Mm-hmm. And so most people were crossing through the Sudanese border at that time. And he just went with like a bunch of like there was a group of refugees leaving, followed the Nile to Egypt, and then they were in prison in Egypt. And then your folks, my or dad, yeah, your dad was ended in up prison. in prison in Egypt. Yeah. How? Because they came into the country and they were supposed to have asylum, but then they were put into prison, and then they ended up in the desert because I guess the Egyptians dropped them in the desert, Holy and then shit. eventually that shit is mad biblical. Long long story. There's some weird, like, very weird details of the story, yeah. but eventually they end up back in Egypt. They have asylum because they, like, somehow notified the UN or something. Mm-hmm. And then um, he was like, okay, where am I going to go next? He was in Egypt for two years. And so they were trying to figure out where to, like, actually claim, like, permanent, like, refugee status or whatever. Mm-hmm. And so he met a Canadian who was like, okay, so you, your options are, like, America, Australia, or Canada. Mm-hmm. Australia and America are mad racist, so you should go right. to Canada because it's the least racist. That it's was a, his description. It's the least racist. And also, have you heard of maple syrup? Like, yeah. So, Do you like hockey? He's <laughs> just like a super nice guy, basically. And my yeah. dad was like, okay, Canada it Canada. is. So he came to Canada and he had n- nothing and kind of worked his way up, went to school, became a jan- uh, an engineer. He was yeah. a janitor as it started. And yeah. Then, so he yeah. like came he came over, got a job as a janitor and was putting himself through school to become an engineer? Yeah, How does he, that work? he lived with um which is How old was he? He was Ish. Thirty early thirties probably. Wow. Like early thirties. Yeah. But um he lived with so he was my dad um I grew up Seventh day Adventist. Mm-hmm. So he lived in like this one room in this uh Filipino Seventh day Adventist lady's house mm-hmm. at the time. So I think they found them through the church or something. So it was very like cheap board and he yeah. could kind of um, work through there. And so that woman ended up becoming like all me and my sisters, I'll call her like our grandma. Okay. And she was, and she's the reason we got into music was wow. her. So yeah, my parents are not musical at all. They don't really get it. <laughs> they don't really understand why, but my um, grandma had a piano and we would just always, she'd always be encouraging us to sing and play. And she made our parents, they have to go into piano lessons. They have to do music. They have to sing in church wow. and really, really super pushed it. My parents were like, I guess fine. And so, yeah, it's super crazy. Like how everything story. works out. But well, uh, yeah. I, I have so many more questions now. <laughs> well, I was like, let me get the answers. This, yeah, no, this is just like a, a random side note question. Yeah. But like if your dad came over and converted to Seventh-day Adventist. He was already Seventh-day Adventist. Oh, he was Ethiopia. already? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, is there, are there like missionaries over there? Like what is Seventh-day Adventist? I don't, I'm not, I don't, I'm not familiar. So, um, I mean, it's a Christian religion, but, um, for, I think my dad, his conversion thing, he met my, who I call my uncle now. You know what's funny? It's like, all my uncles, whatever, like my people or my relatives are not actually related to me. Yeah. (laughs) I I got nephews that aren't my real nephews, but those are my nephews. They'll always call me Uncle Lee. Um, but basically I think he, he grew up Ethiopian Orthodox, which is like the primary, uh, like a Christian religion. Yeah there and um he met them and i don't know i think he just they started going to that church and um he went to that school they had like a private school there um that was 
I don't know if it was in free Ethiopia. for him or something. Yeah, in Ethiopia. That and was that's free when for him. he started that was run school by the Seventh day Adventist. When he was 21, he went to first grade at that school or something that you were saying? Uh, Didn't you say that? He went to school. He went to school when he was 21. I'm not okay. sure if it was that school, okay. but I know that he went to like A high school. school and boarding school there. Yeah. Okay. So they were like super helpful to him and he just really believed in the faith and kind of um, converted there. It's very much based on like not kind of going with extra things, but really listening to what the Bible says yeah, and right. kind of um, the essence of like what it is versus like extra texts or different things like that. Right. I would say it's really like the Bible is like the true word. That's kind of what it is. And also kind of the thing that we're known for is like going to church on Saturdays, uh, essentially. Instead of Sundays or, yeah. or on Saturdays and Sundays? No, just Saturdays. Yo, so we believe seventh day. Yeah. I grew up kind of a lazy Catholic. And uh-huh. so I, we always went to church on Saturday evenings instead of Sunday mornings. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah, it was like my mom would like be. You know. <laughs> my mom would be like, "Yo, go play all day," and then when you're like yeah. worn out and finally like tired, then come yeah. to church so you'll be quiet and not be an asshole, you know. So it worked well. Um, okay, man, your dad has a fucking hell of a story. What's how did your parents meet? What's your mom's story? My mom um, grew up a little bit like a little more in the city, but not like in a city. It was kind of like a town, let's but say. Also in it's Ethiopia, like three hours, yeah, okay. yeah, like three hours outside. Um, she. Um, became a teacher there. Mm-hmm. And so she was a teacher there, but essentially, like, for her, she really wanted to get... Everybody... She really wanted to get out of the country. Mm-hmm. And she knew that, like... My mom was very, like... A lot of the people her age at the time, because I think she was 26 when she came over, mm-hmm. were, like, married or getting pregnant or whatever, and she was like, no, 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 I'm not going to be stuck here. She had, like, she's big, very, big like, dreams. Yeah, she yeah. was very... And she's still like that. She's very, like, no-nonsense, like... No, like I'm not going to be messing with no boys, yeah. like nothing. Like she always raised us to be very like, I don't know, just, like not very emotional, let's right, say, right. outwardly emotional. So she, um, yeah, she just definitely wanted something better for herself and she wanted to something different from mm-hmm. what was around her. Mm-hmm. Um, and legitimately, my dad was here and, you know, he started to talk to some different ladies or whatever i guess he was talking to like some filipino mm-hmm. girls and my grandma my filipino grandma mm-hmm. was like no you need to find a nice girl from back home like for whatever reason she was insistent i'm glad because mm-hmm. my mom Otherwise, but she, <laughs> yeah her, exactly know? so he was like okay so he he'd met my mom in passing maybe like a couple times, like three in Toronto. times. No, in Ethiopia. Oh, in Ethiopia. So he wrote her a letter through like mutual friends. Oh no way! So, so they he wrote met her a letter, oh, yeah. and my mom was like, "Answer to my prayers. I'm getting out." Like she was like, "Sure, I'll marry you. I'm coming to Canada. This is all legit." No like, shit. She, uh, just like on a whim, or not on a whim, yeah, but like she really just like faith. took a the leap, a really big <laughs> risk, and uh, yeah, and she. She came and she, again, she came and she had nothing because that's kind of how you start it. So she had my older sister when she was 29, I think, maybe. And then eventually she put herself through school as well and she became a nurse. Holy smokes. Yeah. Your family got a story. So you're the (laughs) younger of two? I am the middle of three. The middle of three. Yeah. And older as a sister? And my younger sister as well. Three girls. Three girls. Yeah. You know, they say a good bull produces cows like produces you know your dad i i think they are very lucky that they had three girls you know what i'm saying like some of my male cousins really be wilding out here yeah and we're 
we're all good kids. <laughs> we're all it's just. funny. Sometimes I see like a, sometimes I'll be in the airport, right? And I'll see like a dad walking with like five daughters behind him, like uh-huh. little ducklings, you know? And I can just see in the in, in his face that he like kept trying for that boy and, and didn't get it. But my friend has three boys. And let me tell you, I would much rather have three girls and three boys. Jesus Christ. I, I truly, I'm like, please let my first child, at least my first child be a girl. Yeah. Because... I don't, you know, boys are just a different thing. That's mm-hmm. a different energy. I'm mm-hmm. just so used to like mm-hmm. having that. I know. I feel bad for my mom. She grew up, my, <laughs> our, it was only two boys in my family, but it was yeah. a fucking madhouse. And then we always had boy dogs as well. And so it was just like all masculine energy except for her. Wow. And I'm sure it just made her nuts over time. So, yeah. um, anyhow, so, okay. You guys are in Toronto. Then your parents mm-hmm. are having kids and putting themselves through school to like achieve goals like they must have been very busy people hard they, workers uh, are yeah. that's definitely a very very important trait from my parents is like and, and that, i think a lot of immigrant parents that we know is like you have nothing like we gave you everything you know right. we worked so hard and we have lived such crazy difficult lives yeah and we're still working hard to better ourselves like my mom was still like getting her like the next level of whatever each nursing thing she would get like first she started as i don't know what the equivalents are her like a personal support worker mm. which you only need to like go to college for a year or something and then she became the next thing you know just constantly mm-hmm. like when i was in still in middle school like early high school she was still in, like going to school every so often to try to like keep getting you know mm-hmm. kind of bigger and bigger she was just and working two jobs at the same time you know like and my mom was yeah. constantly like she would work a night shift and an evening shift all the time like she would just be like and then she'd still be like, okay, I'm a cook. Like, I'm a do. Like, she was still so, I don't know. I just don't know anyone who, like, I think people say this a lot, but who works, like, as hard as my mom. Yeah. Works for her life. She was just, and she never, she loved, like, her work. She Wait, would never complain about it. Does she, like, does she make, like, Durawat and stuff? Yeah, she does. Ugh, wow. I love her. I love Ethiopian food. It's L.A., food. you know. People know Ethiopian food. <laughs> Have you been to Little Ethiopia yet? Yes, How, yeah. What do you think about it? It's very small. I went to one, I went to Lalibela, that yeah. restaurant. There's literally will always be an Ethiopian restaurant. There's a Ethiopian restaurant in Toronto called Alibala as well. Um, Why? What does that mean? Good. Like, what, it's what? this, like, church yeah. that's carved into, like, one mountain mm-hmm. in... Uh, I've been there, actually, in mm-hmm. Ethiopia, and it's, like, super famous and, you know, supposed to be, like, very holy. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Tight. So people think after that. That's the thing. You're telling me the story about your dad running a food market, and obviously, like, the stereotype or the cliche about Ethiopia in America during the 80s and 90s mm. was like, oh, Ethiopians are starving. You know what I mean? Yeah, I and mean, then I there was, was definitely a famine. My mom talks about that, right. too. She well, was there do you know that. The, do you know, like, the political history of that? Or can you, like, can you give us ignorant Americans a small oh. fucking summary? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I'm like, okay, think about your high school project that you did oh, on the so famine. You, well, I did, but I, yeah. I think— We don't um, get taught that kind of shit, you know? I it's, mean, some of it is like uh, literally, and I mean, it's happened since then as well. Mm-hmm. Just literally climate things that happen where, you know, it becomes like a super crazy long dry season oh, where you can't yeah. burn. But then there also have been political situations where like food has been kept from certain parts of the population. Well, because that's what it was sounding like with your dad. It sounded like whatever his, his work was forcing him to keep food from people or something. Or? Yeah, there's like different political things that have definitely yeah. happened like throughout you know, yeah, yeah. Where it's like that. Yeah, I think everything is so complex. My mom is totally. always like, I don't want to talk about human politics. She's so oh, she's just yeah. like, I can't talk. But my my uh, my dad and my uncles are like, let's discuss this forever. And like right. constantly watching the. 
the news channels, everything. And I know some people my age who are super invested in it as well. I think one of the issues with American culture is that everything is so black and white to people. And yeah. so you hear Ethiopia is uh, – you hear children in Ethiopia are starving and you see this like poverty porn in commercials and yeah. shit when you're a kid. And then you just assume like, oh, the country is like so – it's yeah, like so disparate. nice. And Yeah, right. And then I'm sure like really you get there and there's diversity just like anywhere else. For and there sure. are parts that are thriving and parts that are bad just like there are in America. Yeah. yeah. I mean for sure. Do I you like, guys go back? Yeah, so I've been back twice. Once when I was 11, once when I was 17, After just right after I graduated from high school. Yeah. We always go to, like, my dad's family and then my mom's family. My dad's family, like, it's – they all still live in the in the countryside. Yeah, like right. that That area. I maybe have, like, maybe 100 first cousins. Like, we no don't way. know. Like, because my dad had, like, 10 siblings and wow. it's just, like – uh, very overwhelming amount of people right. that I, I'm related to, but that village is maybe like a in dry season when I was when we went when I was 11 it was dry season. Yeah. I maybe was like an hour and a half hike from the nearest like little road. Yeah. In rainy season, which was when I was 17, uh-huh. I was like a three hour hike in like knee deep mud. Wow. It was I think still the hardest three hours of my life. <laughs> it was just like a crazy. I was just like you. You can't turn back. Yeah. You have to keep going. Right. And, like, you know, we had our uncles try to come and, like, help us. The horses, like, our horses falling over. Like, it was craziness. I was just like, this, I can't believe this is a real thing (laughs) that we have to do. And we have to get there before nightfall because there's not, like, it's going to be completely pitch black. Yeah. And, like. I I just remember, like, trying to go to, like, the outhouse or whatever. There's, like, oh, there's a hyena. No way. So, like, my uncle was, like be careful like just wait like there's like that i think my dad's that side of the countryside is like the most stereotypical yeah image of like what people have of you know would, people people don't even know what ethiopia is a country people just think africa right totally they seem to think it's a i was just watching planet earth season two you ever watch planet earth I have not Man, on that purpose. show is fu- that show is fucking <laughs> tight for one. So like, sh- yeah. yo, shout out Planet Earth. But uh-huh. they had an episode about like animals that live in cities, and mm-hmm. part of it was fucking hyenas in Ethiopia. And like, they've there's like some city where they're looked at like these um, spiritual creatures that chase off bad spirits or some shit. And there was a dude just like straight feeding these wild hyenas meat, and I, it was like terrifying looking. But like, they were just chilling. I don't know. It was cool. It was just like how the animals have assimilated to humans, basically. Yeah. Speaking of assimilation, tell me about being a first generation immigrant Mm -hmm. in Canada and like the conflict between your parents kind of like Mm -hmm. expectations versus like trying to not feel like a foreigner in your Mm -hmm. home country. You know what I mean? I think like I was just very used to carp like compartmentalizing things oh, and kind yeah. of just being like, this like is who I am. Yeah, like this another. is who I am home. This is who I am at, at school. I mean... Does that mess with your head? I don't know. I think I was just so used to it. I think it's something that you just kind of do automatically. You're like, yeah, this is... Right. This is just life. Like, this is what you do. And I... So I grew up... I was born in Toronto, but we moved to like a suburb, mm-hmm. maybe like 30, 40. Depends where you are in Toronto, but like just a little bit outside the city. Mm-hmm. Um, called Brampton, which is its own city by itself. But I've we heard of there. Brampton. Yeah. Okay, yeah. So that was like very a very diverse suburb. Uh-huh. Um, like I think when I was in seventh grade, like officially, like there was less white people than quote unquote minorities in that yeah. in the visible minorities in that city. So it was very diverse, and so all my friends, like we kind of were all living that same experience of like 
you know, we tell each other jokes about what our parents are saying, whatever, and like, right. just kind of didn't never. I didn't. I never felt like. You weren't Super. an outsider because yeah. you had a support. You had, a, had a support system of like-minded individuals exactly. going through like the same thing. A lot thing. of people, most of my friends, you know, a lot of my friends were first-generation right. immigrants. So we we understood like the difference. All my friends, we understood our parents were crazy strict. Like we all had those stories and were able to relate to each other like that. So that was a blessing. I think I never, and I was a very like goody good to the core yeah. like kid. So I, I never had like a super competing thing because I was like. No, I kind of just want to do my homework and read. Like, it's fine. Like, right. that's what I want to do anyway. Right. <laughs> so, yeah. No, that's great. Because in America, you hear a lot of stories about kids that move to the suburbs and then they don't have that support system because they're yeah. like the only brown girl I mean, or the only like Latinx yeah. person or whatever. And everybody is white people and mm-hmm. blah, 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 blah. So there's definitely a lot of suburbs that are like that. But we just happen to be in such a multicultural place, which is. And so was there also like a big Ethiopian community there as well? Or was it just a diverse community? Yeah, It was diverse. Yeah. A lot of South Asians, like Indian people and stuff like that. But Mm -hmm. I I definitely did not know any Ethiopians. And most people were like, what's Ethiopia? Mm -hmm. My one kid in my middle school was like, I just assumed like Ethiopia was an island with white and black people because I'm like lighter skin. So that was his his (laughs) assumption. He told me this after like two years of knowing me. I was like, this is. What? Like, not acceptable. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I, there, I didn't know any Ethiopians, no, at all, yeah. actually, growing up in Manson. I just would see my cousins when we go back to Toronto, like my cousins, quote unquote. Right, right. Not really related to me, but my cousins, yeah. But other than that, no. Did any of your actual extended family from Ethiopia make it over to Canada, or is it just like your immediate family and that's it? I have a couple cousins who uh, my dad brought over when I was like maybe 10 or 11. Yeah. Um, and they've had kids. Uh-huh. But other than that. That's it. Yeah. Basically, everyone's still, still in there. Ethiopia. Yeah. Like a crazy amount of family in Ethiopia for sure. Right. And your yeah. thousand first cousins. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I think it's funny or like interesting that you weren't like a rebellious youth. I, I hear so I hear like so many cool people that get into music and are first generation Im- or the, the children of first generation immigrants yeah. are like rebellious and they just want to like assimilate and da 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 da. And you're like, wow. no, nah, I'm down to heart. I'm down for hard work. <laughs> I love school. I really did. Really? I really liked structure and rules. I really love rules. Still? <laughs> Still? Like, I think I'm, you know, me doing this at all, like even going into it. Going, no, I'm not. Mm. I'm a Virgo. Oh, okay. But going into like a creative space is surprising for me. <laughs> like I'm right. still like, wow, this is really what I'm trying to do right now. So... Well, what a blessing though, because with a voice like yours, and then and then like uh, an appreciation of like st- structural um, guidelines <laughs> yeah. and a work ethic, like you're gonna be set. Because because I mean, the harder helping. the yeah. harder part is the organization and business part. The yeah. you know the creative creativity for a lot of musicians. You yeah, ask my manager. Part. I have like a, a Google Doc that's color coded. Wow! So you're like a real these nerd. Are, these you're are like our yeah. <laughs> so are you like uh, are you like one of, are you like uh, early to talk, early to read? One of those kids just like picked up on things really fast. I think according to my mom, but don't all parents say that? Like they you do. read so fast. You're what? Like I don't know they how do. true that is, yeah, but I yeah. know that. You know, we didn't have cable television. We weren't really allowed to watch TV. Like, every so often, we were allowed to watch American Idol. Yeah. Which was great because I remember writing in, like, second grade that that was my favorite show was American Idol. That's interesting because on my way over, like, as I was doing some last minute, like, looking at it through your SoundCloud and yeah. stuff like that on the way over here, I was like, 
I'm like, man, she probably win American Idol. Because uh, so like, because you, you have a <laughs> lot, of, you got a lot of cover yeah. songs on your SoundCloud and stuff. Like that's the that's kind of like the telltale sign of of like how great your voice is is just because you can make any song sound good. Oh, thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. I always watch the first like few episodes of American Idol, and then once they get into the actual like competition part, I'm out. When. I think I watched all the way, like, we religiously watched that show until probably, like, season eight is mm-hmm. when we stopped. Mm-hmm. And so I was on, like, a trivia team because mm-hmm. you have to be in high school for all four years of high school. And I remember one of the questions was, like— A trivia team? Is that what you said? Yeah. You have to be in, in high no, school? No, you don't. Oh, I just, okay. You, if you're that me, was a joke. You, you I get it. Be, yeah. So I— um, yeah, one of the questions, I just remember this is like one of my favorite questions yeah. of all time in competition. They were like, it was like one of those lists. There's different categories of questions. Anyway, you. there was yeah, a list yeah. question, and yeah, they were yeah. like, list the first five winners of American Idol. Who are they? And I was like, Kelly Clarkson. And the, and the other person like clicked in and said, David Cook. I was like, okay, that's season seven. You're you like, need to see, you take, mm-hmm. you need to take a seat. Okay. Yeah. Sit your ass <laughs> yeah, Kelly Clarkson. Yeah. Do you know who's second? No. Oh, is it um, tr- uh, Ruben Studdard? Yes. Yeah, okay, so Ruben Studdard. I know that he's the winner, but Clay Aiken ended up be- yeah, becoming. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was like a, a big thing. I That's worked with I worked with Clay Aiken on this TV show no briefly. Way. Like I had to train him um, how to, or like not train him, but like help him um, get his delivery right, right uh-huh. on a rap battle show. And he was like the nicest dude ever. So very wow. shout out to Clay Aiken. He's super tight. Um, okay, so Ruben Studdard then, who I don't know any of the other ones. I don't think third Fantasia Barino. Okay, yeah, Fantasia. Fourth Carrie Underwood. Okay. Fifth. Taylor Hicks. He's the wild card. He's like, how did he win? He had gray hair. He yeah. was oh, funny. Yeah. He was he, like a soul singer. From North Carolina or some shit? Where is Something, he from? Somewhere. I, I, yeah. I, okay, I remember that guy, but yeah, barely. Yeah. Yeah, and then I think six is Jordan Sparks, seven is David Cook, eight is Chris Allen, and I stopped watching. So Holy don't, shit. Don't, don't ask me. I hope I got those right. Are you like autodidactic Please. as well? Do you just like remember mad shit? If it's American Idol related, <laughs> maybe. <laughs> but not in general, though. That's funny. Carrie Underwood is so damn famous. I wouldn't have. I, I and like Simon forget. Cowell predicted that that uh. season. He was like, I'm going to say this now. You are going to be the most successful American Idol. I would have. I, I in like contextually, I would have forgotten that she's an American Idol winner because she just seems like a part. She's surpassed she's, that. Yeah, she just seems canonical yeah. in American pop culture. Yep. You know what I mean? That's she crazy. Did well. Huh? No Same with shit. Kelly. Kelly. Yeah, Kelly. Is still my hey, favorite. How do you the original. About, how do you feel about her being a traitor though and being on The Voice now or whatever? The X Factor. Whatever I totally understand her. American Idol is a different show. That's why I stopped watching. Amer- <laughs> once Simon Cowell left, once Paula left, you're right. What are you? What are you? I'm Randy. Really stuck it out for a while, but I'm, you know. I also met Randy. What nice guy too. Say on the same no, show. Nice. On the same show. Good guy. <laughs> okay, so I will say this about current American Idol because I've been trying to give it a chance. Uh huh. Not good chemistry between the three hosts right now. Uh, uh, Katy Perry. I and love Lionel Richie. I love Lionel Richie. I love him he's so a, much. I want him little, to be like. I just. I'm just. He has this thing. Have you watched any of the new episodes? I've watched like a clip. He ha- he has this thing that he keeps doing that has become like a tick for me that I don't like where he like if he likes somebody or doesn't like them extremely he wants to get out of his chair and goes hold on I just need to touch you for a second and like goes over and hugs them or something. And but I'm just he's like, such a dad. Like yeah, he's just so sweet. I, he's such a I think that's just like who he is. Yeah. But my also my, my mom like had well, have like Lionel Richie records. He was yeah. like the one person she was like we had a crush on him like back in Ethiopia. Really? We love Lionel Richie. Did you have to listen to non-secular music? Or religious, like, wait, what's the uh, right? 
yeah, yeah, secular music. Secular is the stuff that's not religious, right? Yeah, yeah. Were you allowed to listen to secular music? Yeah. Okay, so you were. Okay. <laughs> Definitely. Okay. We well, because yeah. when I heard the thing like you weren't allowed to watch that much cable TV, I'm, I that was wondering like if it was like a work ethic parent. thing. Okay, yeah, so that yeah, wasn't yeah, a, like yeah. a, a religious thing. No, okay. not really. They were just like, don't waste your time watching TV. Yeah. Yeah. They okay. were like, you must. So I, I would just read a lot. That's really why. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. But I loved. Re- I mean, I don't know. That was your. That was what took you to your imaginary places. Was yeah. Reading, yeah. What and, were your but books? I remember. Yeah. I, I just read. Every, I would. You're I don't know. I would read everything. I would. I mean, yeah, obviously. I'm older, so I don't. I never you got can't into see it. See this ring? Yeah. This is the the glasses with the lightning. Oh wow! So you're like a real Harry. Have you? Did you do Universal I while you're out here? Real? No, because the thing about it is I'm broke. But not when, for I, long. when I exactly yeah, not for long. <laughs> hey, with doors when in your corner, changes, not for long. You good? Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Like listen. First thing that's gonna happen when I get that check is we're going to Harry Potter. Uh, it's on my list. It's another list on my Google Docs. Secure, secure my the bag cool and then secure the wand. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Perfect. I'm honestly, that's like, oh my gosh, yeah, I really want to go there. But really? uh, yeah, I love. <laughs> Motherfucker, I'm about to like just let you borrow some money to go to Universal. I love Harry. No, but see now it's also it's not even like a money thing now. Now it's also yeah. like you don't get this until you have this. Success. That's okay, you know that's what I'm your saying. Reward. Now it's like yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like I'm, you know. Uh, yes, technically, could I board it? Yeah, like, but, uh, you know. Right. We're leaving that as, like, the treat. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> at the end. Of That's the carrot football. at the end of the string. Yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah wow. Going to do that. Okay. So, <laughs> so yeah, you're at, you're extra nerdy. I fuck with it. What were your, like, subjects and passions in school? Um. Well, I mean, I you really liked. You well rounded. You're going to say all of them, aren't you? <laughs> no, no. I liked all of them. I really liked, I mean, growing up, my dad used to you know, tutor us in math and mm-hmm. make us like learn, which I think is something I hear commonly from like first generation kids. Mm-hmm. Like my dad used to make us learn the subjects before, like grades before it mm-hmm. happened. So I used to like think I was really good at math, but I think it was just that I knew like I was forced to learn it beforehand. Cause then by the time I got to grade 10, I was like, nah, I'm done with this. I don't want to do this really? anymore. So, um, yeah, my parents were like, I was really into like English and writing and social s- studies and yeah. like, human rights and those things and so my parents were like not down with that they were like what you're not going to do science and math right like, what you how what are you doing um but i was like no this is what i'm gonna do so i i did that i went to university for that as well journalism and human rights right yeah so those are the subjects i liked okay the most, yeah writing yeah, yeah which makes sense because like now here you are songwriting yeah. and such you said you had a filipina grandmother uh-huh. right and she's like you guys gotta sing what, yeah. what age did that start getting incorporated? The piano lessons and the whatever uh, else? I think it was four or five. We oh, started piano very lessons. Young. Yeah, and so then it became something else my parents could be strict about. So they were like, <laughs> you know, yeah. practice. This, we had like schedules where like, okay, from this to this time you have to practice piano. From this to this time you should be doing this. From this to this time you should be doing math. From this to this, like that oh, kind so of thing. That just like, <laughs> so it's just like, That's like I heaven for your scheduling it. brain. No, I hated no? piano. Like I, we did classical piano yeah. and I just... I was not very excited about it. So I stopped. We had like, I don't know if you guys have, it's like RCM. I don't know if it's a Canadian. Again, I don't know what's Canadian. That's Canadian. That sounds okay. Canadian. It's called Royal Conservatory of Music. Oh, yeah. That's that's super con- uh, Canadian. Because yeah, we don't got so. anything royal over here. Because yeah. you know, we're a democracy and shit. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> so <laughs> no, dead. Not really. Uh. And um, yeah, so we did that. I think there's like 10 grades, 10 grades. And then there's like, you can go higher or whatever. I just remember I finished it when I was 
like 13, 14, and in, I just entered grade nine in high school. Yeah. And then I started teaching little kids. So that was my part-time job. No way. Yeah. So, so do you still kind of like rip at a piano though? No, I, I hate it. I like to preface with saying I literally did it to get through the grades, but after I was 14, I stopped playing classical. So now I just literally play like whatever you see in my YouTube videos, like me playing the chords. That's yeah. like pretty much okay. I like I'm, I like to say I'm a functional player, Okay, okay. But I don't think I have any virtuoso type talent, you know? So people just be, no. Now that said, with your given career field yeah. that you're trying to get into, do you wish you would have been like, oh, maybe I should have like kept my chops up or are you fine <sighs> with just being functional? I mean, I it think doesn't like, matter, really. I really, no, I mean, I went far like technically like sight reading, like yeah. reading and theory. Yeah. I really like... We, I had to, I ended up teaching it because yeah. we just had to know it uh-huh. so much. But I think like I just wasn't that good. Like I just was. I think there's a certain amount like practice can yeah. take you, and then I feel like there's just like just you need some kind of natural yeah. ability to well, be like a great. And they say that a lot of people that are kind of like um, are like it's mostly practice, like prodigious. Piano players mm-hmm. that learn classical, they uh, oftentimes never go on to create their own music. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Because it's a different section of your brain uh-huh. between, like, the memorization and the creativity For type sure. thing, you know? So who knows? Maybe you're blessed to have not been that into but it. But I'm glad I, like, obviously Learned. super glad that I did it because yeah. then I, I still, like, that's how I started playing and singing and Were kind of writing. Were vocal lessons tied into that? No. Um, I, I found this home video recently where I was, like, my dad used to film us doing our, like, our our piano things at the end of each like year when we complete a grade or whatever mm-hmm. to like mark the time. Mm-hmm. And so he would always interview us at the end. He'd be like, okay, so what are your plans moving forward? This is me at nine. Like, what are your plans <laughs> moving forward with your piano? Yeah. And I'd be like, um, I was like, I, I don't know. Like, well, I wanted to take singing lessons, but mommy said the real good singers don't need them. Wow. <laughs> like, she said that, all the famous ones they're just naturally good and I was like but I don't think that's true (laughs) I was like I I would like to do sing lessons well so I think when I was like 10 I I went to um I don't know you guys have like do you guys have this is a Canadian thing probably Long and McQuaid is like a like a, I've not heard of it, but perhaps I, I have no idea. I, it's I'm, like a little music studio that they'd have like in a lot of places where they do like lessons but it's very like very common like yeah, it's in yeah. a lot of places so I, I went to one like there for, are like, places in the malls here that exactly do like that kind of stuff yeah, okay. so I went to one for like six months or something yeah when I was yeah when I was 10 I uh-huh. was like my, my mom was like okay we'll do this but I would just go and like sing songs I liked <laughs> it was like me. right and uh yeah, I mean, she told me to sing for my diaphragm, but like I was, yeah, I was in choirs though growing up, so that was. But good. were, pe- were people at the at that place like, oh, like you must watch American Idol? Like, did, they, uh, did you did you have a natural? Um, did you have like a natural talent for it, or or that people um, realized, or or have you worked? I remember like my older sister, who was typically very mean to me, yeah, made me uh, sing. She was like. She came out to pick me from school one day. She's like, you have to sing for the music teacher. And I was like, why is she trying to ruin my life? Like, why is she doing this? She's like, you have to sing for her. And I was like, why? She's like, we're not going home until you sing for her. So I went and I sang for her and my music teacher was like, you're really like whatever she was, and I was like, "Oh, is this why you made me?" Because she would not tell me herself that oh, like, so si- "Oh, I think yeah. you're a good, good singer." Your she was, was just your like, first just go sing for the music teacher." Yeah, right. yeah. So then that is when I was like, "Oh, so then I got my first 
little solo thing or whatever. And yeah. then I sang a talent show for the first time when I was like nine. That was grade four. How was that? Were you terrified? Um, no, I was unfortunately a very dramatic, like, oh, yeah. the stage <laughs> is for me, like, uh, Do, Doing, like, kid. mad vocal runs and shit? I, actually, I did Amazing Grace, and I did it very simply, but I was okay. just, like, just ready, like, a That's little awesome. bit too overprepared yeah. <laughs> for it. I always wonder, because I know kids like that that are, like, just super talented, and then Part of me th- wonders if other kids are like, man, fuck that talented ass person. Like, I don't, I don't know if I was that. I think I was that confident. I don't yeah. know if I was that. I definitely think like just singing a lot. Yeah. Like I just got so much better listening to things and trying to like manipulate your voice yeah. in different ways. Like even from like two, three years ago, I know vocally I've gotten so much stronger. Uh-huh. Like just from doing different things and from writing more and, and trying to like really focus on how I want my voice to sound. Uh-huh. So... Yeah, but I, I know that, like, I love doing it. And that's why I started writing at the same time. I think around— Grade four? Yeah, when I was, like, nine, ten. That's why I'm, I didn't say it was very good, no, but I started I, I, writing. No, no, I, hear, I hear that a lot on here, though. Like, people that—people know. Like, you know when, when you're a kid, like, I want to write songs. And you start yeah. when you're, like, third or fourth grade. I hear that from a lot of people on here. Yeah, it's, yeah. like, it's crazy. Did you overachieve in other areas as well? Like, were you class president? Were you, like, in—were you, like, a theater kid? Were you, were you like— that gal that's just good at everything. I wasn't good at everything, but I was valedictorian. Valedictorian. That's what, okay, that's what I'm getting at. Like, yeah. In, I but I think it means in the case, okay, so, because here everybody's like, so you had the highest marks. I'm like, not really. Yeah, that was means like, top of the class here. No. Okay. So we, I think we did like a thing where it's like all around, like your extracurriculars yeah. with your whatever, whatever. So I think in like eighth grade. You yeah, just, eighth you grade, just did the most? <laughs> yeah. Essentially, I just was like, I don't want to go home. So I was at school a lot. Why didn't you want to go home? I think like I that just like okay well change it. Yeah. I just I don't know I liked like the freedom of kind of being at school and just like being I, it's so funny because so my name's Hannah uh-huh. but everybody at school call me Hannah because that's how my name is spelled uh-huh. so at home I was Hannah you gotta like be <laughs> super respectful and like right. quiet quiet I think was like a big thing and then like at school I was hella loud yeah and just like. Doing the most, like doing everything, but also I wanted to. So I enjoyed. Did you feel kind of repressed or something, or what? you just couldn't um, couldn't be yourself? I guess. Yeah, it sounds darker than I want to. Yeah. Sound, but like, I guess it was just kind of like. Let's go there, girl. Let's get you know. Let's get into uh, it. I really did. You cry a lot at I home. I like school. No, yeah. <laughs> I think like. Yeah, I don't know. I just remember being, like, people just loving, like, it's the weekend, finally. And I'd be like, man, two days without school. Like, yeah. it's just, like, I really enjoyed, like, being with friends and being able to, like, maybe not be so, like, just, cons- like, just checking yourself constantly. Just making sure you're not saying anything. I think my, especially, like, just very traditional especially with, like, my father in terms of, like, respect and uh-huh. those lines. And I have, you know, my cousins don't necessarily have that same relationship. It just all depends on, like, particulars about where you grew up or how you believe that things or whatever. But, like, uh-huh. just, like, very clear lines of, like, things you can and cannot say or how expressive, <laughs> let's say, you'd be right. in that situation. So, like, a very just So was punishment strict, strict at home as well then? Do you know what's funny is, like, yeah. my cousins got beat, right? Yeah. We never got it. Well, it kind of we low-key sounds like you, well that's what I was we it sounds like you didn't anything. have to get beat. Yeah. yeah. I think, like, for us, like, you had to look at us and we were like, no. Like, we're yeah. just, like, right. for some reason, fearful kids, we just didn't. We, we And we're all like, listen, I 
I'm like the least achieving of my siblings. Really? Like, what do your sisters end up doing? Okay, so my older sister, is, she hates when I say this, but she's graduating from med school in May. Yeah. She got a full ride scholarship to a U.S. school. Boom. Um, so that's she's doing. My little sister this morning, someone just sent me a news article mm-hmm. from our local, <laughs> one of our local like news websites. Mm-hmm. She just won like a full scholarship to her university. No way. Um, and it's like one of like the biggest scholarships, one of the biggest scholarships in Canada. Um, so she, she was just texting me about that literally right before this, but she, um, won that she's like crazy involved in her school and started a whole bunch of clubs Yeah, and like head of her black history month thing. And like her, she started like a females or the future club, whatever. She's just wow. like super involved in her school and does that as well. And so, man, your yeah, parents pumped out some overachievers. <laughs> For sure. They but they're good. like, I, you know, still the most unsuccessful <laughs> as of right now. <laughs> I so mean, we'll that'll be short-lived. Well, yeah. That's that's my prediction. But who knows? Mm. Let me ask you one more, like, question about school, and then we'll get more into music stuff. Yeah. Uh, you said you were a trivia club, which is amazing to me, but yeah, also yeah. the valedictorian thing about sure. just doing the most. Like, yeah. tell me all the extras that you were into oh, in high school. Just because I feel like, one, it'll be a test of, like, how much oh. you actually remember that you did. And two, I think it'll be funny to see how I much you I think I did a lot of – I did – I wasn't, like – I was in a lot of like, whatever band I could be in. So I yeah. paid, played um, baritone saxophone in high school. Hey. So I was in sax band. I was in senior concert band. There's jazz band. How did you find all the, all the time to practice these bands? I don't know what the other one is. Were you in like? The, and then I was in the musical. Like there was a musical in grade ten and grade twelve. So I was in those musicals. Mm-hmm. Um, Reach for the top, which is the trivia team. Wow! Shout out, yeah. Reach for the top. And then uh, I was on. <laughs> oh, announcements club. So I was a co-head of announcements club. We just did the announcements in the morning. Hell yeah! Um, I know I hosted. I would, like, be the MC for stuff. So I was, like, MC of Black History Month assemblies. So public remember. speaking never scared you? No, I, I really did enjoy I think I uh-huh. did, like, a speech competition when I was in middle school or something. Right. I liked Were you, like, debate it. club? No, we didn't have a debate club. Were you? Did, did you guys have mathletes? Were you a mathlete? No. Okay. Definitely not a math person in high school. Okay. That's when I was, like, nah, this this not it. Like, so yeah, for right. me. Okay. Um, but I don't remember what else I was did in, you, in high school. Did you school. play any sports? Like, were, were you into those kind of <laughs> extracurriculars? I did not play sports. I, yeah, no. Okay. I don't think that was like, I mean. You're tall though, huh? I know, right? That's How what tall you, you, you? you'd think I'd be. I'm like 5'11, five, 5'10? Five, five, no, no, I'm like 5, I'm a little bit over 5'8. Really? Yeah, like 5'8 well, and a half. You, you come into my a presence room. Is yeah, tall. you come into a room with presence, and I was like, this, <laughs> she's like as tall as me almost. Um, uh, yeah. No, yeah. So you're teaching kids piano in uh-huh. high school and shit, yeah. and then you're writing your own songs. Are you performing at like cafes in Canada and stuff? Like going to grab a roti <laughs> and like fucking performing <laughs> at your local like little whatever? No. Uh, I performed. In, like, high school stuff, yeah. like, talent shows and yeah. things like that. But I really did not go out—and oh, church. Okay. I performed a lot in church. Oh, yeah, but yeah. I did not um, go outside of that yeah. at all. And I also just really didn't think I wanted to do it. I was just like, I want to be—I really wanted to be a journalist. That was, like, my— That was your shit. Since middle school, my focus. Like, in seventh grade, I was like, I want to be—I was like, I finally discovered what I want to do. What sort of like, journalism? Um, I wanted to do, like, international correspondent. Mm. Really— 
you know, one of those people who's just like in the thick of it. One of those like war, like that wartime idea. stuff, or yeah, just kind of like too much. You know, that's interesting. <laughs> that, that kind of stuff. Uh, you know, my by trade right now, I'm actually like a photographer, right? Uh-huh. Like that's how I make most of my money. When I first picked up a camera, I had like two things that I wanted to do, right? And I yeah. just because I only I only understood that photography could apply to those two things. I didn't know that like the rest of the world of photography. Mm-hmm. But I was like, I either want to be a snowboard photographer or I want to be like a national, <laughs> I want to be like a wartime photographer. Like I want to go to fucking no in between. I want to go to the Middle East and like you know shoot yeah. photographs of like all the um, you know shit that's going on and yeah. Thank God I never got into either of those. Mm-hmm. But, so you wanted to like be like you wanted to be like a cutting edge journalist, like I knowing did, about yeah. international whatever's. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I yeah I did, and I was like I told my dad I was like I finally I want I just know what I want to do now I want to be a journalist, and he was just like pause, no, <laughs> he literally was like no nah, that's not good. There's there's not a lot of money in that. There's not a lot of job opportunities. That's not a secure thing. And right, so then came from then it, on yeah. I was like. This is my fight. So I, I found my parents all the way until I was like, well, really? I'm going to the school and I got it. So it's, it's like this is what's happening. What was the university you went to? I went to Carleton University okay. in Ottawa. In Ottawa. Mm-hmm. And so they and that's like what you went to school for was journalism. Journal. So I did a double major journalism and human rights. Okay. Yeah. And and um, I don't know. Tell me about college. I, you know, went in thinking I'm really just because I, you know, I had still kind of done music as in like performing or whatever had been like a big part of my life so yeah. I went in I was like okay so you need to forget about this music thing it's not a viable career for you you're not good enough it's just you need to let it go and focus on journalism this is the time when you know all these things you've been thinking about are finally going to happen uh-huh. so I started first year and it was the first time like I didn't have a, a piano like in my house or whatever right. and I was just so sad <laughs> I was just like you oh my it. gosh I really like missed this part of my life and being able to write or perform it like you know just be there and I expected to feel different about mm-hmm. um what I was doing what I was studying and kind of whatever and I still think I love my program and I'm so glad that like I went and I finished one because my parents are happy now that I at least have a degree right. but also because I learned so much and I grew so much in my music and then also just like in knowing what I want and why I want it you uh-huh. know like I just really figured out that like oh no like music is not just like it just it's something different like it doesn't mean that I'm not interested in other things or I'm not passionate about other things but I think it's like clearly a calling to me right now you know so yeah but I mean I was still very goody two shoes in college so no drinking no smoking or not that strict (laughs) no no, okay um wait no you don't is that what I don't yeah either no wow (laughs) Good job. Good on you. I don't, yeah, so. Well, so was, I mean, do I get little hints of, like, while you were at school learning journalism, you kind of realized that perhaps it wasn't your calling? Yeah. At the same time that you're learning that music kind of did feel like your calling? Yeah, for sure. how was dealing with that? Like, did you feel like, oh, I I fucked up, like, why am I here doing journalism? Or was it just like, I'm going to do, yeah. No, I I mean, one, I met amazing people. Yeah. Like, you know, my best friends. I met, I met there, I met. They really, like, impacted me. And then also, like, I was still able to explore that other side. I think in second year, I started kind of putting YouTube videos up more seriously. Yeah, that's that's what I was going to get to. So when did you start doing that? Yeah, so I – second year probably, yeah. What was the first one you put up? Do you remember? No, I had put up videos in in high school, but it was very, like, one and then three months later, four months later, another one, whatever. So I put up 
And then I had done that kind of, I think, throughout first year or whatever. But I think I remember, like, 2015, maybe. Uh-huh. I was like, okay, I'm going to put up a video every week. That was my goal. Wow. And I was like, I'm going to get to 100 s- subscribers. That's, yeah. that's my goal right now. I'm going to get to 100. And so Little I put do you up, know, the 100, 100 is so easy to get. You probably got I that on like, the first video. I just, you know, no, like no? I didn't even get, I think that first video, literally I was like, oh, like I don't, I remember it crossing 100 views. Yeah. Like it was like, I, I did a 3005 cover. Yeah. Which I was going to be, you know, and um, yeah, like, I, and then I just put up a video every week. And then literally the first video to cross 1,000 views was that like February, it was January. So that February, mm-hmm. I did like a, confidence justin bieber cover mm-hmm. and then that went past thousand views and i was like oh my gosh like, it went past a thousand views and then it went past i think ten thousand mm-hmm. twenty thousand whatever and then i was like okay and then i started putting up more and had kind of having a little bit more i don't know subscribers and stuff like that and just a little you know, more on youtube the harder you work the luckier you get you essentially I mean? the more I you think, put up yeah. the more chances it is that so, it's going to start spreading yeah so, so yeah. around that time um someone i started getting people i someone reached out to me for like management stuff or whatever and i remember talking to him and i was like i don't like i'm in second year i kind of still want to finish school and just didn't feel like a it was like a weird conversation and mm-hmm. i was just like mm, nah i was just like no because I was think I was talking about it with friends or whatever. Because I was like, oh, this music thing. I don't, maybe maybe I don't need to finish school. Like all mm-hmm. these kinds of ideas. Like, then this, I, look at these twenty thousand views. <laughs> we out here. Like oh my gosh, no. But I I yeah I don't know. I was just like nah. I kind of like what I'm learning. I kind of like having options. And also I just it didn't feel like right right or good. And also I really did not believe I was good enough. I was like you still the same. Like you, mm-hmm. your voice is not strong enough. You're whatever. Like just kind of constant like self-criticism so beyond just loving music what Uh inspired you specifically to start uploading cover songs to youtube because i think a lot of times young artists they hear that from like an a and r or something here's the thing is that i know that you're not an industry plant right but a lot of like industry plant type i I am no a lot of industry a a lot of industry (laughs) plant type people that's the strategy (laughs) is like oh let's make her look independent by like putting up uh, Uh cover songs on, on youtube so like how did you come up with that which is like it's not like it's some revolutionary idea, mm-hmm. but a lot of people aren't inspired enough to even do that. I did it in high school because yeah. this one girl said to me, you should put videos up on YouTube. That's it, yeah. And I was like, what? <laughs> then I was like, oh, people do that? And then I just put up a video on right. YouTube. I don't even remember. Oh, it was like Gravity by Sarah Barry Ellis or uh-huh, something. Uh-huh. All those old videos are locked. Is that how you say her name? Barry Ellis? I don't know. I it might be lot wrong. I don't, I don't I've know. never heard it said out loud, I don't think. I've only read it. Mer- yeah. Not- anyway, go ahead. But uh, yeah, I, I that was literally why. I was like, okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so then I started sharing it on there. So when I did it in second year, I think it was a way to like do music but then also i was like let me see if i can actually like grow an, an right. uh, like an audience in here i don't even remember what the specific motivation was i think maybe part of me was like maybe someone important would see this and you know well yeah because maybe one, one a week is a lofty goal like you know how hard that yeah, is to get sure. to actually stick to the plan of mm-hmm. one week but at the same time you love structure and you love goals so like maybe that really was like, i think i got worse as i got older though that's for sure really i think in high school middle school high school I was just so like 
I didn't really tell myself no, which is like a weird thing. Like if I wanted to do something, I was like, yeah, I'm going to do that. Yeah. Like this is my idea for the project. I'm going to do it. And like it would be a ridiculous amount of work, but right. I would just be like, no, I'm going to do it. Like I for final projects, I'd be like, I'm going to make this a parody of a television show and I'm going to record all over my city and edit everything together. It's going to be 30 minutes long. And it's like, why did you do that? Like that mm-hmm. wasn't necessary for this assignment. Mm-hmm. But I just didn't tell my – and now I'm thinking like I – now would I think that I could do that? Like that kind of weird ultimate belief in yourself. Mm-hmm. And that definitely went away in like university for whatever reason. I was like, nah, you can't do it. You can't like there was just more of this kind of defeatist like attitude that kind of an anxiety that I had never felt before mm. that kind of came in and started to like take over the way I thought. So I definitely was not on things in the same way, I didn't really even do anything. I wasn't even involved in many extracurricular things at all, mm. which is crazy because I was involved in so much stuff previously. But I really didn't like – I went to – I didn't even talk to professors. Like I would go to class. I would do the work. If I didn't have to go to class and I could do the work, I would do that. What changed? That's it. I really don't know. <laughs> I like try, try to pinpoint the moment where I lost that. I have a song about this actually. Yeah. It's just so funny. It's called 23. It's on YouTube actually. Okay. But it's just like – I thought about that. I was like, wow, I was so, like, different when I was younger. I was so, like, driven and so, like, I just believed in my – I'm confident, I think. So I have no idea, like, what happened. That song is just like, I don't know when I got out of that habit. It wasn't, like, Like, a first heartbreak or anything or, like, what – what, I don't understand Uh, what what in your mentality starts making your – you, like, doubt yourself, you know? I think maybe maybe it was because journalism – was such a focus for me and like I was so confident in what I wanted and mm-hmm. then when I started doing it I was like oh I don't know actually maybe this is not what I want and so mm-hmm. I think something I'd built myself around for years it was, was like the first thing you were wrong about not that thing yeah and yeah. I think maybe it was just like well okay what do you want like what do you want to do yeah like you've been telling people this is what you're gonna do people have been like yeah I'm gonna see you on tv I wanted to do tv or whatever oh my gosh for sure like oh my god you know just this kind of buildup of like oh that's that's not gonna happen because mm-hmm. And then I started doubting myself in that. I was like, I'm not even good enough for that. I can't even, you know, just kind yeah, of constant. Yeah, it's a slippery like, slope with the yeah. self-doubt, you know. Did yeah, you go through, sure. like, some depression and stuff? I think, like. You don't strike me as a depressed person. <laughs> I think, um, you know, the weirdest time for me was probably, like, gra- after graduating. Mm-hmm. The kind of, like, period of time after that mm-hmm. where I was, like. What what am I? What is this? What am I doing? That was like a that was like the I would page. say You're yeah. It was like that page. was like I have never been that lost like anxious and like having like you know kind of public episodes of just like freaking out and not being able to breathe and like you know having wow. to like run into the bathroom and be like what I'm just like overwhelmed with like where I am at life or where I'm not yeah. you know yeah and so that was probably yeah that was like really. Doris knows this because of all the sad songs she got at the mm-hmm, time that mm-hmm. are just like, and that's what, um, I mean, inspired a lot. I think I now I'm like, okay, that was probably a good thing because that inspired a lot of music I wouldn't have written otherwise. Mm-hmm. That was coming from a place where I was like, I don't know how to get out of this feeling. Like, I don't know how to get out of feeling like I'm stuck and I can't like get out of like this cloud, you know, that's kind of following me. So that was probably after that. I mean, university was like difficult. Did you at stick times, with uploading videos and uploading music at that oh, time? No. What I were you doing? super like, I think when I, did you move home or were you still in Ottawa? Yeah. So I moved home. Yeah. Okay. So basically fourth year, um, I had kind of fallen off of, I wasn't like consistently uploading. I was just 
every so often doing stuff. But mm-hmm. um, in April of my last year, no, it was like in February actually. Doris, my manager, yeah, hit me up off of a YouTube video. Mm-hmm. And she was interning at Columbia at the time, mm-hmm. and she was like. I mean, I had gotten some emails before that were like, uh, I don't know, but this one seemed legit. <laughs> she was yeah. like, you know, I'm an A&R intern at Columbia. I really love your videos, whatever. Like, really want to chat about stuff where you're at, whatever. Mm-hmm. So I started having conversations with her, and we really just clicked. And, like, you know, I felt like I was talking to a genuine person. Mm-hmm. And she was still in school and didn't really have clout you know or anything kind of like you know the person before had tried to say like i can do this for you i can give you money for this and whatever and blah blah blah. she was just like i just think you're amazing i think you're dope i think i love this stuff and i want to help you in whatever way i can you know i think that doris comes off she's in the other room listening to this (laughs) so it's weird but all of my experiences with her and then things that i've read about her and quotes from her Uh like she doesn't come off like the typical music industry person who wants to like use and throw somebody out No, i mean like it seems like you could probably get that sense that like she's gonna be in it with you Mm -hmm. through the thick of it Mm -hmm. for life you know what i mean yeah i mean she because she hadn't she hadn't managed anybody right. before. She was still in school and interning right. different places. So, um, you guys probably found a lot of parallels in your own stories. Yeah, with I mean, each we were. Um, she's just. She's like. A, she was in the same. She was in her last year. I was in my last year. Right. And we were just talking, and I was like, my plan at the time, because I had um, that last year, I had been doing a kind of like internship thing at a nonprofit, mm-hmm. um, and I loved it, and I really wanted to look into law school after because I was just like, I think this is the best way to help people because I decided I didn't want to do journalism because it didn't serve like the aspect of helping people enough directly. Mm -hmm. So I was like, okay, I want to go to law school. So I was looking into when I would start studying for my LSATs or whatever. And so then she contacted me and I was like, oh man, I had just decided to do this thing and like felt, you know, pretty good about the decision. But then we started talking about opportunities and different things. And I was like, I don't know, maybe if I don't do this now, I'll never do it. And then mm-hmm. I'll always think back mm-hmm. what would have what happened. If? If, exactly. So I was like, that seems worse. So, um, yeah, I mean, we started talking. Then when I graduated, I moved back home. That summer I started making demos with um, basically producers in my hometown of Brampton who I'd gone to high school with but I hadn't really talked to in high school. But um, I kind of one of them hit me up on Twitter off of like, just YouTube videos or whatever. Mm-hmm. We would just have some conversations. And um, he was like, you should come through to the studio. They had a collective. They still have one. It's called Way Cool. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's an amazing group of, like, talented artists. Um, and, yeah, he said come through. And I started working with one producer, Martin Soul, particularly on stuff. The song Think About It was produced by him. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was actually the first demo I sent Doris. Mm. And so... Yeah, I just had never kind of really seriously made stuff or, like, written as as much. So we just started sending stuff, and she started sending it to people. And I made my trip out, first trip to L.A., February 2017. Mm-hmm. And did my first sessions and stuff like that. And, yeah, just been going from there and, like, coming out as often as possible and writing and just growing and, like, learning so much and, I think, getting so much better. At writing, but yeah, I think just the period of like 2016 was a lot of trash. Like being tw- 22, that age, there was a lot of just like, I don't know if this is going to work. I don't know if I'm ever going to get to sessions in LA. What am I even working for? Like, just like very kind of frustrated, like, 
How'd oh you get gosh, yourself through it? Here's the thing is that our audience, there's a bunch of 22-year-olds that are probably yeah. listening, going through the same shit. So how'd you get through it? You know, How I did think, you keep yourself going? I think this is a very good question because I wonder sometimes mm-hmm, too. Mm-hmm. I think one, it was like um, definitely I put a lot of stuff into what I was doing, like mm-hmm. into my music. I was like, this is, you know, the thing I'm going to do. Like if I'm going to feel this way and I'm going to feel like I can't get out of this, like at least I'm going to – I have something to write about and kind of sing about. And then also like I had really amazing friends and, you know – one of my friends was going through the same thing as me. We always talk about it like, this was a trash year. <laughs> like, we really kind of helped each other just by, like, talking to each other and being like, this is hilarious how bad everything is going. Like, this, this is This was 2016, terrible. you said? Yeah, I think this was end of, yeah, yeah, yeah. This was and once 2016 was actually, like, a real trash year yeah. in general. <laughs> it was just bad vibes in the world in yeah, 2016. Yeah, it was sure. shitty. Mm-hmm. Fucking, that's how we ended up with Donald Trump, bro. Yeah. Shit, fucking trash year. Okay. Yeah, so you 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 and your friend kind of like leaned on each other. Yeah, I think leaning on leaning on friends, and you know, for me, like faith is also a big thing. Yeah. I was just like, God, please show me why this is necessary. I'm trying to understand why this struggle is necessary, but I know that it is because I'm trying to understand your plan. And like, mm-hmm. you know, my big thing now, I just focus on is like when I was younger, which is so funny. When I was younger, this there's this gospel song. Whenever I go to church. That was like just my favorite. I never mm. knew why it was my favorite. Like I didn't even really relate to the words at all at the time. But it was called In His Time. And it was just like, he makes all things beautiful in his time. Mm. Like, please show me every day that you're teaching me your way as I, you know, mm-hmm. do the things, you, as you do the things you say in your time. Mm-hmm. And like now I'm like, that song is my life. Like I didn't even realize why that was my favorite song. So it's so funny. Like me and Doris talk about this all the time. Like every opportunity that falls through, falls through for a reason. Mm-hmm. And like everything happens where it's like this happened so perfectly at this time and it seemed like such a disaster initially but like actually this led to this to this to this you know so kind of seeing like the beauty in the in the so breakdown and the failure you know that kind of like this is leading to like a bigger greater purpose and i have to believe that to kind of get through the current moment and that's like really all that but honestly I wasn't like every day like, yes, positive motivation. Yeah. I was like, no, this is terrible. It's never going to get better. Right. Like some days I was legit like, no, did you have a, I don't think so. Did you so. have a job that year like when you're at home or what did you do? So I had different jobs, yeah. retail jobs. Oh. Um, I worked at Bulk Barn, which is a Canadian thing. Yeah, that sounds very Canadian. Okay, so it's like a place where – it's a pretty amazing place. I used to love Bulk Barn before I started working there and then yeah. I was like, wow, this is the wor- this is the lowest point <laughs> Like, Wait, are you saying bulk, like B-U-L-K? Yeah. Oh, bulk okay. Like, okay. Like a, like a Costco kind of or a Sam's? No. Oh. So it's like it's like a place where um, everything you buy by weight, essentially. So there's like uh, huge bins of like yeah. f- like dried fruits or nuts or chocolates or candies Take or flour or whatever. Take 20 pounds of mayonnaise, please. And so you scoop no. it in yeah. and you tie it uh-huh. and the amount of numbers that were in my brain, because yeah. you would be like brown sugar and then type in the code be like whatever type in the code mm-hmm. like you just had to because to look on the scrolly back thing that would have the numbers would just take too long yeah so eventually like you know two weeks three weeks in you're like wow is it so sad i have this unnecessary information in my mind right now mm-hmm. you know i'm just like wow mm-hmm. this is crazy but yeah that was like yeah that was a, i had that job and then i what else did i what other retail jobs did i do because i feel like i did very short-term stuff that i know like <laughs> Pretty recently, I worked at Uggs oh. for like the holiday season. Uh, yeah, <laughs> it was the great. Season. Yeah, you know, because it's a busy time. <laughs> yeah. It's a busy no, time. I know, like people get jobs at shoe stores for like yeah. the holidays. Well, because I worked, it. It, I worked retail when I was in 
high school in university university, as well. Yeah. 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 So, um, I'm trying to remember what else I did, but I think for a long time I was not working. Yeah. Yeah, For sure. So you're just kind of like sitting around at home wallowing in it. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Guaranteed. How are your parents reacting to that with you? Oh, they were because they're probably they're probably like, hey, you don't super disappointed. Yeah, like you don't have time to be de- you don't have time they're to like, be what depressed. What are you doing? Right. What is what is this? Yeah. <laughs> like, just very like, what is happening here? You need to get a. And then if I got a retail job, my mom be like, no, 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 you need to get a real job. Yeah, you need to get. She'd be like, okay, if you're gonna do this music thing, why can't you do journalism at the same time? Like, just. Just get it, get a journalism job. I'm like, listen, the people who graduated with me are struggling to get their own like mm-hmm. jobs in that field, whatever. But mm-hmm. yeah, yeah I mean, being a successful a journalist is in a certain way, like as much so, of a pipe dream as being a musician. Yeah, yeah. It's super, you know? super difficult. That's the problem with creativity is like yeah. no matter what part of the creative world you're getting into, it's still like getting a job and getting paid for creativity and like yeah. whether it be writing journalism or writing mm-hmm. fucking articles or whatever, it's hard. Yeah. It, there's a lot of competition. For sure. Everybody wants to use their brain and not their hands, you know? So Guaranteed, yeah. We've gotten a lot done, and we've been mm. here for a while. But I do want to ask, like, while you were uploading the YouTube videos, yeah. was there one specific one that caught on and, like, got you attention that you weren't expecting? Or, or, or did anybody reach out to you that really surprised you? Like, what were your, like, oh, shit moments with that? Oh, there was one, one time. Uh, Even, like, a retweet or anything. Yeah. yeah, so it was real. Yeah, so this one time I did a, a Kid Cudi cover. Yeah, um, I didn't think it was that great. Right. <laughs> so okay. which song was it? Um, too bad I have to destroy you now. Okay, I'm like I said that title and I think it's right, but like it sounds wrong in my mind. I, I can't correct right. you. I don't know enough about <laughs> Kid Cudi's music. I think that's the, because it, the the title of the song is not related to the content of the yeah. lyrics. That's why I'm like, okay, oh. yeah, yeah, yeah. But um. Yeah, I did that cover, and I guess someone put it on Tumblr or something, mm-hmm. and then posted it on their Twitter, and then Kid Cudi quote tweeted it and was like, wow, exclamation mark. No way. Yeah, and so I just remember, like, I was, it was summer, I was, like, getting ready to go somewhere or whatever, and my phone was vibrating a lot, and I was like, I don't text anybody. I was like, no one can be, I was like, is someone calling me, like... Yeah. I don't know. So then, yeah, then I saw that and I was like, oh my gosh, this is pretty cool. You're like, it's so real. Someone cares. Yeah. I was like, yeah. So that was that's amazing. probably like a highlight, a good a good moment. Yeah. Nothing else happened. Literally, that's it. <laughs> it's like, that's oh, a that fantastic happened. one. I think, though. oh, Alicia Cara. I did a Alicia oh, no Cara way. cover. Yeah. She was said something nice, I forget, in a yeah. tweet. Um... I don't remember anything. Those else. are great. Those are, it. The, hey, those, those are the stories you're looking no, for. No, those are the exactly. I'm like, yo, okay. those, those are bigger than I would have expected. Oh. Even like that's those are fantastic. When the artist who you cover is like reaching yeah. out about your song, like that's pretty lit. So, for all intents and purposes, like to our audience, you will be probably completely unfamiliar because oh, to any audience, you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm gonna be completely unfamiliar. Right. Sure. I feel like you're just at the beginning of your trajectory and. Mm-hmm. We got lucky to find you, and it's just because Doris was, like, nice enough to show me and curate, really curate my curation. So that's fantastic. Mm-hmm. So that said, what can the people look forward to from you? Because I'm sure you're still working on, like, a debut project or probably EPs or something. But you don't have to put dates on anything. Just, like, let I them know. I couldn't give you dates if I wanted to. Okay, yeah. Just let um, them know. Well, I mean, it's funny because, like, initially I just wanted to be a writer. Yeah. Like, I just wanted to be – I don't know. Yeah, I just wanted to be behind the scenes, but mm-hmm. I think now I've decided to kind of try putting out putting out music. Mm-hmm. So, hopefully, a single coming in May ish. You know, we don't make promises here. Exactly, no promises, 
but please, Lord Almighty, make yeah. this song come out in I May. Mean, and that's the thing is like, I don't usually have artists on this early in their stages <laughs> yet, but it's like this combination of like the fact that one, Doris believes in you. And then two, I heard the song and like my jaw dropped and I was like, oh, holy wow. fuck. So, you know, that's the thing is like, who knows how this will do, but it's mm-hmm. like, I just think the people are going to see it and like the talent is undeniable. And I think it's interesting to catch somebody so early on their trajectory as well. And hopefully you get famous as fuck and you'll look back on, <laughs> you'll look back on this and go, wow, I really talked about school a lot because Lee kept asking school I, questions. I, know, love ta- I love talking about school. That's me. Yeah, me in too. A, in a nutshell, every single time I just end up talking I, about school. I, you know, I love it. <laughs> Sometimes people think I'm so weird for asking about education, but I think, nah. it's, I think it's so interesting. Like, I think because it's you know? most of your life. Like for me for real really at this age like that was the majority of my life was being in school and beyond that it sets the tone for the rest of your life because how you are in those formative years of like 10 to 16 really Mm -hmm. like establishes the human being that you are for the rest of your life like did you like responsibility or did you not like (laughs) responsibility that's going to depend on like you know or that's going to like show whether you were a fucking mess as an adult or an organized adult Mm -hmm. thankfully you organized all right yep (laughs) that said where can the people find you online you can find me on Instagram, Hanna W H U N N A H W, and uh, on YouTube, it's just Hanna H U N N A H. Yes, yeah, and that's. I mean, SoundCloud is essentially just the audio of my YouTube. So. Yeah. <laughs> You can Google Hunna. Yeah. You can just Google Hunna music, and everything pops up pretty easily. Yeah, for right? sure. And then you got Twitter or no? Did I you already do. say Twitter? No, I you said a, Instagram. No, I said Instagram. Twitter is Hanna. Wonder what Doris really wants me to change it to Hannah. I probably should, but it's not yeah. If you can get the Hannah on Twitter, just do it. Yo, this is a very enjoyable conversation for me. Thank you so much for having me. Obviously, Same. it's very hard to research you at this point, and I can't find nothing. Yo, but I was I, nervous. So I was, I was like, glad oh, no, that no. you're like talkative because I'm like, hopefully, we got shit to talk about. <laughs> and you're very easy to talk to, very charming. And I look forward to seeing this performance because I love hearing a singer like yours, or I love hearing a voice like yours in our little ass hallway. It, it is uh, really special. So oh, thank you. Yeah, most definitely. You guys know what the fuck it is my name is lee some of you guys might know me as intuition and you can follow me on twitter at it's intuition you can follow my man ben shin behind the boards making the shit sound buttery at i am database base with two s's the motherfucker never tweets honestly i don't know why i keep telling you guys to follow him but maybe Same. if you follow him he'll tweet you can follow us as a unit at kind of neat follow our youtube where you're gonna see hana perform how low right Think about it. Oh, think you are doing think about it. Yeah, but okay. it's it's confusing, so I feel you. <laughs> hey, I, they're both dope. It doesn't matter. Both of the song both of the original songs that I've heard from her were justifiably good enough to have her on this episode, so it doesn't matter which one she performs. It's gonna be fantastic. Okay, youtube.com slash kinda neat. And then don't forget, this is the advertisement that I do for ourselves. Go to www.patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N, dot com slash kind of neat, where you can pledge a dollar per episode for our show. That's at the most $4 an episode, but y'all motherfuckers know that I'm lazy and spread thin, so we only do about one a month. You can afford a dollar a month. You could pull that change out of, like, your socks that accidentally fell down there or something. You know what I mean? So go to patreon.com slash kind of neat, pledge a dollar an episode, help us keep the lights on, and... Other than that, yeah, Instagram at kind of neat where you're going to see me and Hana hugging and, you know, looking beautiful together. And that's it. Shout out Kennedy. She slept through the whole episode. That was Hana. I'm Lee. This is kind of neat. Thank you. Dope.